0: is the discuss metal podcast with josh king and john Larusa of narcissists hosted by dan terry presented by discussmetal.com there was a slight technical issue this week but it has been fixed hopefully you guys can't hear it on the show i did my best to hide it from your ears So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Discuss Metal with Josh King and John Larusa of Narcissus.
1: It's going to be a good one. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Discuss Metal podcast. My name is Dan. I will be your host for this evening. Or any evening that you choose to listen to this podcast uh, tonight, I've got a very, very, very cool set of guys here. Uh, I've got Joshua King and John Larusa from Narcissus. How are you guys doing tonight? Good,
2: fantastic.
1: If it was any better, you you know. Oh, I see. I already screwed that joke up. I was going to do the uh, Christmas vacation. We- if I was any better, I'd wake up with my head sewn to the carpet. <laughs> <laughs> Still work. So this, uh, this interview is kind of special because, uh, so Josh and I sat down and did an interview. What was it back in like March or April or something like that? April. April. Yeah. And we were talking just about like the regular stuff, like, you know, all of your 18 billion old bands that you were in and, um, talking about the scene back in the day and, um, I don't know. I might still throw that episode up on the Patreon or something or as like a weird part one or something. But, um, you know, we, we talked about all that or whatever, and then we were going to release it. And then Josh reached out to me and said, like, hey, man, um, there's some cool stuff that you might not know about that I can't really tell you about right this second. Um, so we'll have to come back and do this. So um, so tonight we're we're joined by John as well. So uh, I think it's think it's going to be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, me too.
2: yeah
1: me too you got to keep my self-esteem up
2: (laughs) I think I think it's gonna be great
1: I think it's gonna be like probably the best podcast ever recorded to to tape and and you're handsome oh oh thank you thank you I appreciate that I did get I actually got all of my hairs cut people were asking me if I got a haircut and I was like yeah actually I actually got all of them cut um, down to a certain (laughs) length so so here we are so dad jokes aside uh, I'm gonna start with John (laughs) and uh and ask you where you grew up and what got you into music
2: um well i uh i grew up uh around cleveland so um my family lived in little italy briefly and then um moved just about 20 minutes i would say out of the outside the city so grew up around there those are my stomping grounds um um Moved, uh, I lived in Canton for, for a while, went to college down there, um, but yeah, pretty much. And honestly, just uh, music has been, my dad played music uh, when he was younger. He was like a session player, so he played um, organ and piano for, you know, he had his own band. Um, they were signed briefly, you know, uh, did a little bit of touring, but he also played session work for like B.B. King and all kinds of, you know, Supremes, all kinds of artists way back in the day. Um, so I think like just, you know, hearing him play when I was little, you know, kind of gave me a spark. And then a lot of my family, I'm, I'm the youngest of a lot of people. Um, my cousin, a lot of my cousins are older. Um, I'm the youngest of all my siblings and it was just kind of a musical family. My, uh, some of my cousins, um, were in metal bands and stuff like that. And I would watch him play, um, my older bro- oldest brother, he was super into punk into the punk scene and stuff like that, uh, in the seventies, eighties and stuff like that. So I kinda, you know, got some influence there, you know, I really got into a lot of the punk stuff, um, bad brains, uh, circle jerks, sex pistols, all that kind of stuff, black flag. Um, even did some road crewing for the sex pistols at one point, but I don't know, it this just a very musical family. So that was like really what sparked my interest. And then, um, it was kind of cool because I had my dad's side of it that was into like Billy Joel and the Doobie Brothers and stuff like that and jazz and, and stuff that really kind of, I think, gave me a lot of uh, um, wanting to feel the music. And then I had this whole other side of aggression, you know, that really, um, I, I don't know, it was it just was like a huge mixture on both sides, you know, and um, I don't know, just kind of snowballed from there. So I got into music very young. It was weird because there was a brief time where I feel like it was around me so much that I didn't really care and I just wanted to read comic books.
1: Sure. <laughs> but,
2: you know, I didn't even really pick up a guitar until I was like 17. But, um, yeah, I'd say just, just, I did that all around me, but big and big punk scene. Then my friends were all into it and, you know, really got into all that kind of stuff. Thrash metal, all that kind of stuff.
1: The good stuff.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Josh, what about you? Uh, I am originally from, um, the, uh, state of Michigan, um, around Ann Arbor from, I'm Ypsilanti, um, And my, we moved to Illinois for a while. Uh, I've, I've moved all over in the, uh, in the Midwest, uh, Iowa for a little bit. And, uh, then we finally settled in Ohio, um, like 90, 91, something like that. So, um, yeah, I'm just kind of a little bit from all over the place. Oh, mostly Ohio though. You know, I've been here for a long time. Um, my uh my mom and dad are both pretty musically inclined my mom uh my mom was a flautist uh yeah in college and uh was also uh i want to say she was a voice major so there was always a lot of singing and a lot of like listening to uh classical vinyl uh a lot of like uh henry mancini and uh james galway james galway is a famous flautist uh so we'd listen to all like these f- vinyl like uh flute records uh which was really strange and then my my dad was you know super into like the rock and roll of the you know early 70s ccr three dog night uh definitely into the beach boys jane and dean that whole like surf rock thing. And so those were like my early, my early uh, tastes of music. And I think that I probably glommed onto a lot of the ideas that are, you know, in, in both of those things. So uh, yeah, that's basically where we started. That's where I, that's where I got my love of music. You know, I, I would put on classical records and imagine what emotion they were trying to evoke and then portray that like running through the house or something, you know, with my my little brother or whatever. So uh, the connection between emotion and music was pretty early, I think. And uh I've always valued it for that. You know, so. So what got you guys to start wanting
1: to play like in actual bands i mean it's one thing to be a music fan um or or feel a connection with music but it takes a totally different step to want to step up and actually like start making it yourself um
2: josh you wanna
0: yeah I, I mean ever since i was a little kid man uh, i've just always wanted to play music you know um i i remember the the as soon as my my mom could sign me up for the school band. You know, she drugged me in there, and you know, said this my kid's gonna play the drums, because I was just banging on everything I could find in the house. And uh, you know, the I don't know if you've got kids that are old enough to be in band, but a lot of times the uh, the music teacher will try and like, well, we've got a lot of percussionists, you know, yeah. uh, we we don't really need another drummer. Uh, I I bet he could. He looks like he could play trumpet. He's got a good face for trumpet. Wow. Yeah, or something like that.
1: It's better than me. They told me in band that I had a good. I had good lips for. uh, God, what was it like, baritone or something? And I wanted to play. I wanted to play trumpet, and they're like, "No, kid, your lips are too big. You got to play baritone." And then I I quit band.
2: I don't want any teacher talking about my lips. Right? Like, hey. (laughs) Uh, yeah. I um. I think honestly, like, you know, like seeing some of my, my family doing bands um, in general, but um, for me, man, it was kind of an escape um, from like depression and, and just kind of tra- uh, tragedies that happened in my family and different things uh, at a very young age. And honestly, man, it was like, there's something, you know, just looking at, at the bands, looking like a family look in the unity and let alone the technicality of it, of, of, of watching bands and seeing how everything fits together. You know, it, it made me want to dive into how it works. My, my, I have a mechanical mind and I'm always been, since I was young, you know, my mom was, would always talk about it. It's like, I always want to know what was the, on the inside of everything. So I just loved how it all fit together. And honestly, it was a big escape for me. Um, rather being at, sh- rather be at shows or, or just, um, pouring whatever's in my brain out and showing people, you know, I, I lived in my head a lot. I still do. So, honestly, it was probably probably more of a filling a hole or something. I don't know. I just love the camaraderie of it.
0: So, what were some of the first bands that you guys started playing in? I was in a bunch of iterations of the same kind of like weird, crappy band, um and we had a bunch of awful names. Um, and well, let's hear some I don't of them. Think that, something that got bandied about was like uh Cypress Kill. Or okay. something awful like that. That's a lawsuit. Uh, okay. Yeah. We, oh, e- easily, easily, yeah. a, <laughs> a lost lawsuit. Yep. Um, we were gonna try and start a band called Triple Sixer. No, nice. it'd just be like all like uh, it would just be like a heart with three sixes in it, <laughs> um, and it would just be all love songs. I love it. I think somebody ended up doing something like that though.
1: There was a band I think they were called. Well, well, I think they were just called Trip Six. <laughs>
0: But yeah, yeah. So something similar to that. Yeah, we had a very specific like uh, we had a brand, you know, going in our heads that it was just all going to be like love songs. And then all the imagery was going to be, you know, the devil. Now,
1: how much how much uh, love had you experienced up to that point to be able to do an entire band based on love songs?
0: Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, listen, I, I am conceptually, I come up with lots of really good ideas for bands. I may or may not have the material to actually write out all of those bands. You know, uh, if, if you <laughs> I, I currently have like two or three bands always on the back burner in the back of my head, like, oh, I could do this. I, I want to do uh, I want to do a doom band. Uh, just based on the novel Dune. Uh, I, I've already got a bunch of lyrics worked out for it. Okay, but and, you can't call uh, the band Shy Halud. No, it's gonna be called From <laughs> Deepest Seach. Okay. And I no, I'm I'm serious. I'm I'm probably gonna write this, but I, I'm I'm working Sounds it got, out.
1: got the exclusive yeah, right here. All right. Yeah,
0: like think think uh, like old Neurosis Doom. Okay. Like, kind of plotting and uh yeah I mean, That's I'm not, not trying good. to say that I'm going to write a Neurosis record because obviously I'm not Neurosis. But I just listen to Through Silver and Blood a bunch, and everything go. gets better. John, what
2: about you? Man, I, I wasn't in a lot. Besides some grunge punk bands early when I when I was with my friends in high school, you know that we were trying to do, trying to be cool. Um, you know, I was, gosh, one band briefly. Like a hardcore band, but honestly, Narcissus was. I was young, man. It was fun though, really. I was in like an industrial death metal band called Oblivion. That was <laughs> very briefly. I did. Like did you Bulbals guys put in. out a CD? No.
1: Okay. There was another band called Oblivion. Okay,
2: that that makes yeah. sense. Okay,
1: not they weren't not industrial us. though. Yeah. Okay.
2: They were probably better than us <laughs> though. Either way, they were like a they were like a C grade Zeo type band, but uh, no, this was. Yeah. Uh, I did vocals and it it was so it pretty deep stuff, but then it was just more if Cannibal Corpse was a uh industrial band. There I don't go. know. <laughs> industrial so, flesh rod. There. Yeah. And then uh honestly my narcissist was probably like just I was young, I was still learning guitar. I was only playing for a couple of years and just but I was playing like eight hours a day. Um, so that was probably my first one, which was obviously when we came out just chaotic metal core or whatever you wanted to call it. So
1: so it was the hence good. Why st- that EP it was the good so stuff.
2: Many, yeah, hence why that EP probably has so much editing that needed to happen more.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: fairly live in a way, but you know, it, was, it meant the world to us, man. We looked at the, got it in the mail and stuff. You know, so it's probably my first one. Then, other than that, just Inhale XL after Narcissus.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Well, we'll rip that scab open uh, here a little bit later, but um, now, Josh, I know you were in a band called Vessel. Yep, for sure. So tell me a little bit
0: more about about that band. Uh, I had a bunch of friends. um, We knew this band called Apathy Denied.
2: I also know about that band.
0: Okay. Oh, yeah? Okay. Uh, Apathy Denied uh, essentially went through like a breakup and they were looking for new members and the guitar player, Mike Fialco, Decided that he wanted to rebuild, and so he uh, he had found me and uh, my my buddy Matt DeBenedictus. Benedictus, and um, we started writing songs together. So I was playing drums, Mike was playing guitar, Matt was writing lyrics. Um, and at a, at a certain point, Matt was like, "I can't, my vote, my voice can't take it," and had stepped down. Uh, and then there was another band from the Youngstown, Ohio area called o- Awaken. And, um, so they had broken up as well. And so it was just kind of like a marriage of a couple bands together. And then we made vessel. So, uh, we played, uh, a bunch of shows with, uh, John's band before Narcissus, uh, slow to anger. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah we played, we played a skate park that I remember because I fell off the top of the half pipe. The drums were set up on the top of the half pipe and I stood up from my 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 drum stool and fell off the back of the half pipe. I remember that. Um yeah. was that Chango World? Yes Chango World.
2: This was legit.
0: Yeah dude. Um, definitely sounds played, like a real place. Yeah. Played a, a oh, bunch yeah. of shows with John Pope's old band, uh Divine Division. Divine so, Division. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So that was that was a thing. Um yeah so well and vessel did a little
1: bit right you did um you guys did a split with outcry and you did a full length
0: right yeah yeah we did a we did a full length um self-title full length and then that split with with outcry the seven inch and then um recorded one more song after that for like a comp and that came out and then um you know through that through that period of time i had started like uh, I I had bought a guitar and I had started writing riffs and stuff. So um, I don't know I don't know how it really played out, but you know I wrote a bunch of the riffs on the full length, and I wrote quite a bit of that last song that we recorded. And then yeah, uh, by the, by that point, somewhere in Vessel played Narcissus first show, which was at Peabody's down under in the flats in Cleveland out in the backyard opening for mortification.
1: Oh my God. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: What year uh, was that?
0: 98.
2: 98. Yeah, I think so.
1: So mortification was just starting to go downhill. Uh, Steve
0: Rowe had re- was on his recovery uh, from his cancer recovery. Lymphoma. Yeah. Uh I believe he stayed seated while playing. Yeah. Uh, like on, on a stool but there was a dude with fringe boots in that audience that I'll I'll never forget those fringe boots. They were like knee-high guy wearing knee-high boots with like fringe. They were like moccasin boots. Oh my goodness. With fringe up at the kneecaps. I'll never forget those boots. <laughs> the things that stick with you from shows, man. I'm telling you. Oh, that's yeah.
1: funny. Um okay. So and then, did Vessel continue after you left the band? Or oh
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, my my buddy Alan uh, started playing drums for them, and uh, yeah, they kept playing for a uh, couple more years after I left. And I want to say you can still
1: download that Vessel self titled record on Bandcamp. Yeah, I'm not wrong. You yeah. can
0: get all of the Vessel material. They did do some recordings. I'm not sure how. Uh, if they were done in a studio or not, or if they were just done on somebody's four track, but they did some later recordings, uh, of some of their later material. So that's all, I believe that's all available on there. Okay. Cool. cool. Yeah. yeah, man. Um,
1: so I'm going to kick it back over to John. So what, uh, how, how did Narcissist come about?
2: So I met John. God, how did I meet John? Just through shows, playing shows and stuff. And um we were we were just kind of looking I, I was looking to start a band, um, Justin Carroll and I. Um, some of the past uh, guys that I've just been in was in some bands with and um we were just looking for a vocalist for a while. Um, I thought about doing vocals, but I just you know, I was more obsessed with the guitar and playing and um we had a mutual acquaintance, Doug Kirshner. Um, he just did shows. He's like a promoter and stuff. And he was working with divine division on some things. And um, basically I just met John through him and just, honestly playing shows. We played like one of my bands played a show with him and Zayo and training for utopia at the, um, Euclid Tavern. And I just kind of talked to him there briefly. And then we just ended up talking on the phone after that. And, it was pretty straightforward, kind of throwing around ideas and everything. I used to record demos out of a freaking boombox, sit and play and record and writing riffs and having Derek play the drums and we would just sit and, and you know, just write stuff and, and sent it to John and he was pretty on board pretty quick. Like I, I feel like we, we meshed like really well. There wasn't any like time period of you know months even and once he you know was basically like yeah i got some lyrics i got some stuff you know he kind of was like okay i got my boom box you know whatever <laughs> like he come up to the practice space and let's go become rock stars. You know, yeah i don't know what microphone was in that thing i mean obviously you know i wanted to move towards um something uh you know, more professional later, but we we used that stupid boombox for a while. I don't know what microphone was in that, but it was amazing room mic. It picked up everything. And he came and he just kind of set it in the middle and played the songs, and we listened back. And we were, it's just what we wanted to do. It was just chaotic and aggressive, and you know, voice was very. I uh, had a lot of emotion in it and everything. And we just, we just went with it. Tried to come up with a name. I think we literally was. I think we literally was looking at a dictionary or encyclopedia or something and then we came across this the kid that fell in love with himself you know and it was like a, and it also was like daffodil in hebrew or <laughs> something like that i don't even remember we were just like we were like running our fingers down the line and and john was i remember sitting there and just being like hey how about we call it narcissists we are like yeah sure that sounds cool didn't really care we were in the mentality of you know like corn name doesn't make a band and you know and then we just got our first show
1: so what you're telling me is you went through a dictionary and you guys gave up around N. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We do. We we did. I will say this. We did want it to be one word. Okay. That was like the only, I remember that briefly. I mean, like I said, it's been like uh, over 20 years, but we, uh, that was something that we talked about or we like, it'd be cool if it was just one word. And I was like real stickler on one word, you know, I think like Testament Exodus, like in my brain from young and, and just these single words, you know, Pantera or something like that. Um, you know, I don't know, integrity. They just say like these one words, you know, so uh, it just stuck with us. we were like, cool.
1: So how long was it, uh, until you, you know, wrote enough material, played enough shows to where you ended up dropping a record called new wave techno homicide.
2: Oh goodness. Um, yeah. Well, I was always writing. Um, I had, you know, lots of like different recordings and everything. Um, Not long. I mean, I think we wanted to get going pretty, pretty quick. And there was a nice little buzz about us. I mean, we played everywhere, you know, clubs, uh, house shows. Um, But we played a show with um, the Juliana Theory. And Brett, actually, um, their singer, uh, Brett, Brett Detter, was actually someone that uh, handed, got our EP in the hands for Chad. Okay. So, he. I mean, I'm not saying that he got us signed, but he was kind of, I think, an intricate part from what I remember. Um, and then when Chad got a hold of it, he pretty much like wanted to sign us. And you know, we laugh about it now because Take Hold Records was such a awesome thing in the underground, and there were so many cool bands that kind of went on that. But none of us really knew what we were doing. Even Chad will tell you he, he sent us two-page contract <laughs> and honestly like anything that he supported us with was because he was just a good guy like yeah. us and under under oath further seems forever did some stuff on there for him um you know he was just um he wanted to help you know he didn't have to do anything you know i mean we went out we put that record out went out for two months with under oath and it was like he just supported us you know because we were stupid kids that would blow our money right you know, we didn't know anything i think I was nineteen. You know, so yeah, it was pretty quick, man. It was because we played that show and then all of a sudden it, there was a lot of things. I, I don't know how much you want me to talk. Cause there was a lot of crazy stuff around that. Oh, you're Cause good, it was, man. Cause there was also, man, there was, we got a phone call from Brandon Abel from tooth and nail because we played a lot with Zao and Jesse was really a big help too. And he uh, talked to tooth and nail and we actually, Brandon Abel actually called John and left a, a message on his answering machine. And, um, that was a whole thing that we were very scared of because their contracts are very thick and, you know, I've obviously been on tooth and nail for a while now with my other band, but back then there's a lot of kids signing contracts. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Going into too much detail.
1: No, I've heard, I've heard all the horror stories. Um, we're nice enough not to publish them on the podcast, but yeah, it's, (laughs) I've heard things and, um, that, yeah, that's, that's super rough, but I mean, take hold, Take Hold is like the first, the best first label that you could be on. I mean, so many of my favorite bands were on Take Hold. Um, Tantrum of the Muse, yep. uh, Few Left Standing, 238, you know, like Under oh, Earth. Yeah. they are all Chalice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Chalice, yeah, yeah. Dude, yeah. I might actually. No, 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 it's over there on my other shelf. I've, I've probably, I was just, I just ripped that Chalice CD to my, uh, to my computer probably like two nights ago. Yeah, um, I was like redigitizing my collection, making a loss list because, you know, those records are so well recorded. I have to I have to, you know, rip them in <laughs> the highest quality possible so that I can hear all of that oh. feedback loop. Yeah. No, that's cool. So so, Josh, how did how did you um,
0: end up getting getting hooked up with with Narcissus? Um, well, I mean, I was I had just become pretty good friends with uh, at least John and John and Justin Um, you know, we all got along pretty well, you know, uh, we spent, I know we hung out outside of like band time. You know, I remember going and hanging out at the mall and going, uh, going to get comics and sitting around and reading comics together. Like, uh, I think, I think comics was, a uh, a central thread amongst, uh, all of our friendship. You know, we, we talked a lot about comics back then. Just a bunch um, of nerds, yeah, absolutely. Uh, who had a bunch of a bunch of wild ideas. and there was always like, we should start this other band, or we should do this, or we should, you know, like we should be in a, I don't know, some crazy college rock band, you know <laughs> uh, but I, I was just always um, I was always uh, into, you know, just about everything that everybody else was into. so we we all got along really well and uh i had filled in uh playing drums for the band um so the drummer situation was kind of on again off again with with derrick um uh he was in and out of the band well from, his name from didn't start with jay <laughs> and that's
1: the thing that i'm starting to get the common theme i'm starting to get here Cur-
0: currently you have to be a, a J named name to actually be in the band right uh <laughs> absolutely so but i mean derek was initially the drummer and then uh before the first ep even got uh, recorded he he was out and uh our our our, our friend bill Wenzel had recorded uh drums on the ep and then derek eventually came back um and then i think bill may have had to come back a, a, a second time and then derek came back again recorded new wave. Um, and then after that, um, you know, after, after Derek left that, that last time, um, I know that I had stepped in and filled in on maybe a half dozen shows, uh, playing drums. And that was a bunch of fun. They had, Oh, what was that guy's name? that was playing bass. Uh,
2: to be honest with you, you're, you're telling me all this stuff and, I'm like, oh hell yeah!
0: Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm like Dan Dan, Dan mind, Sebastian. Dude. Dan Sebastian.
2: Oh, okay, uh, titty bass. <laughs> way up there.
0: Do Do you remember he had he had a wireless unit and he walked off the stage yeah. and you were so mad. So I mean,
1: like, you're, when you say titty bass, you mean like right up yeah, here? Like he wasn't. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he was a
2: good bass player, but he was just very uh, just way way hiked way up, played with his fingers and uh yeah it was a little odd and it did not fit at all if i'm being straightforward oh
1: wow okay
2: yeah so like we would we played shows with them because we were more like you know we we were such a busy band that we would drive someone out and then we would just have them play a show like we were always like a show band we didn't like want to stop playing shows so but yeah he 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 had some antics that just didn't fit so that wasn't that was very <laughs> very brief
0: yeah gotcha
2: so, I think, Josh, I, you were coming to of shows with us either way, too, just hanging, right?
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah,
2: yeah, you were like, yeah.
0: So, I, I filled in on drums for maybe half a dozen shows. And at the end of that, they had asked me to uh, to join. And uh, there were a bunch of, like, I don't know, extenuating reasons why I felt like I shouldn't do it, you know? So, um, all in your head then. I maybe maybe some external reasons, uh a lot of them were internal, okay um, and I just said, you know, I ended up not uh, joining the band at that point as the drummer. Um, and i I don't know there was a a pretty big like internal struggle for me because I really wanted to be there's so uh, there's nothing better than making music with friends. You know, and creating things with people that you trust, and um, you know, feeling like you're heard in in this like like John was saying earlier, the camaraderie of being in a band. Uh, There's there's nothing quite like it, you know. And I think that there's um, something to be said for that creative process of getting into a room with guys that you actually like being with, or doesn't have to be guys, but you know what I'm saying. And well, I know exactly process, what you're saying. <laughs> Cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> that, <laughs> that process for me was was really really great. And I, I think that I was really torn about it because I really did want to be in the band somehow. You know, these were my friends. Um and so they went on to start writing uh music with Steven Cushman playing drums. Uh, for the music that would end up being on uh, "Becoming Leviathan," and um, definitely my I favorite record it. by Narcissist, just throwing it out there. Oh yeah,
1: I, I love just, it. Awesome. I hate that it came in like a paper sleeve that I've like ripped up over
0: the years, but just, <laughs> the disc is still okay. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So, at about the point where um, all of that music was getting finalized, um, I was. I don't know. I came back from spring break, uh, had just broken up with my girlfriend at the time and, uh, called John Pope. And was like, Hey dude, you want to hang? And he's like, funny. You should call. Uh, we just kicked Dan Sebastian out of the band for the, as the bass player. Uh, you ever wanted to Cause play? Cause he bass? was embezzling money. No, no, <laughs> he was not embezzling money. He was just, he was just really, I get it. Not a, not a good fit. I get it. Uh, yeah, And I was like, yeah, sure. I think I want to play bass. So I think I came, I think I drove out to Canton that night and joined the band, basically.
1: And you're just like, I'm a lifer. I want to sleep in your van. I want to ride with you guys for hours and hours and hours and smell each other's farts and like all
0: of that. Yeah, basically. Okay. Uh, That is pretty much what the other part of being being in a band is, unless you make lots of money.
2: Yeah, most of it. Yeah, on, you're only on stage, maybe, you know, depending on what what spot you got for an hour. Yeah. You're opening, opening, if you're opening a big tour, it's 20 minutes, 25 minutes. You're, you know, something whatever's happening, like, most of your time is getting along and doing each other on your days off, and, you know, it's important. But you guys
1: did well, um, at least as well as a band in that scene that year um, could do, you know. Um, You know, if you guys had done better, uh, I would have had to go through like eight publicists to get the interview. Um, But one of the things that I thought was really interesting. So you've got um, New Wave Techno Homicide, which was Take Hold and then Becoming Leviathan. I believe that was also Take Hold. Um, But then, you know, you guys moved on and ended up striking a deal with Century Media. And I remember being super shocked whenever I bought like. Least, well, I don't think I bought it, but there were like all these samplers out there of like all these new bands that were cut. Like there was one for like Trust Kill and one for Solid State and one for um, like Ferret and like, and there was one for Century Media. And there was the Narcissist song on the Century Media one. So, how does a band go from, because I, cause I hear it all the time, like this is how we went from Take Hold to Tooth and Nail, or this is how we went from Take Hold to. Um, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, victory or, or whatever label, but you guys made the jump from, from take hold to century media. So like, how does, how does that work? How did that, how did that come about?
2: Um, Man, dude, that was, that was honestly, and you know, without going into a lot that I think that was part of what became uh, a little bit of a heavy weight on the band. Um, just, we were in negotiations for quite a while because Chad sold take hold to tooth and nail. Right. So there was a whole lot of issues with that because they actually released a song of ours on tooth and nail and we didn't even sign anything. That was a whole thing that we had to like talk to Chad and Brandon about at the time. Like, Hey man, we don't, we're not sure what we're going to do. And, um, we played for man. We played, we talked to a lot. our, our manager at the time, JJ, uh, management. He did a lot of, uh, a lot of, solid bands in the scene and everything. Jamie, he, he set up a lot of stuff for us, but we played for, we played for Island records at CBGB's in New York. Oh wow. We, we talked to victory. Uh, we talked, we, there was a lot of, a lot of talks and I'm not saying that we were some type of hot item or anything stupid like that, but there was a lot of, I think we could have went with a lot of different avenues and really pushed, um, but it was really stressful and it was really stressful. Just that lasted over a year and a year of that for and a year of band life is like five years, right. You know, of like normalcy. So I think that that was the beginning of some of the stress that kind of started weighing because we finally got this deal. We went to LA, um, hung out with Steve Joe. He still does great A&R for Century Media. He got out of it for a little bit, um, but I talked to him not, terribly long ago might have been a little while ago but he's still you know he's he's cooking now he got out of it for a little bit but he was just such a genuine guy and he really loved the music and um you know we went to the offices of nuclear blast and century and we just liked the vibe you know we liked what they were about um obviously we grew up listening to in flames and you know different bands and stuff like that but it was it was a long time, and then Tooth and Nail. There was a huge discussion because Chad really wanted us to go on to there, and maybe we should have. You know, I don't know. Um, I do think Tooth and Nail would have su- supported us pretty good. Um, you know, there's there's can be a lot of what have shouldas, but uh, it was a long process, and I think we were starting to get burnt out. But we just we played so much that I think that we just had a lot of options, and Jamie definitely had some hookups too. Um, and basically, you know. We just signed. They said we're gonna re-release the "Become a Leviathan." Going to call it self-titled. Add three songs because that first release was just "Become a Leviathan" with an extra three tracks. Right. And then we spent the long haul on uh, you know recording "Brave and Collapse," which took a while picking a producer, and you know, we had those songs for a long time. And um, yeah, kind of how it happened in a nutshell, I guess, or not not in a nutshell. It was a long process.
1: Yeah, I think what was interesting to me whenever I heard. I don't remember what song it was that was on the sampler, but I remember thinking like, wow, um, Narcissus has found kind of this middle ground between being like still a heavy band, like still based in, in like hardcore and metal, but also like has found this sense of melody that was kind of on becoming the love Leviathan. But like, it was, uh, it was a lot different. Um, it was, it was the different sound that I was expecting. And, as an adult, it's different in like a good way. Um, as, as a as a young hardcore fan, I was like, mm, more screaming, you know, but like um <laughs> you know how it goes. Uh, but uh, you know so like what what we, so you said you guys had had that those songs for a while so the, was that always kind of the direction that you wanted to put the band or bring the band in like just to be more to be a little bit more melodic, have have kind of more of a sense of songwriting? It's weird approaching it as an adult because, like, I listen to that record um, all the time now, and I'm like, "Man, this is like this is one of my favorites." And whereas, like, whenever I was younger, I was like, "Eh, "It doesn't sound like new wave techno homicide. It's terrible," you know? Like,
2: (laughs) yeah. Um. Well, like, Caven and others, this which we probably lost half our fans. Sure. Around that time, and even now, uh, well, not now, but like even later, I think people kind of came more around to it. I mean, I know. From what I understood from Century, it did well. It did way better overseas than it did in the U.S. That is such like, a way, common theme, I've noticed. Way better. Yeah. Yeah. Like,
0: yeah. I've still got the sound scans from it somewhere. It was pretty,
2: it was pretty up there for some of the European countries, which was yeah. nice. And we were supposed to go over there before we broke up with, I think, Shelter. I was going we to ask go that if you
1: guys actually went to Europe.
2: We, we were setting something up. I think Shelter was going to bring us out over there and some other hardcore band. I don't even remember now. And, um, you know, it was released uh, worldwide through Sony Red. So it was Japan, Australia. It was it was released all over. And, you know, after we broke up, man, there was a lot of, there was so many people in the industry that talked to me and other people was like, man, you guys are right there. You know what I mean? You're right there. Yeah. You know, if you had the if you supported that record you know and century was super upset about it they really love the record uh, i think we wanted to be as progressive and different as we were we were we didn't want to sound like any i mean we didn't want to sound like anybody i mean we even recorded it without any computers it's all to two-inch tape yeah and bill karecki is an amazing engineer there's so much sheen sound on that and so much crisp sound for being cutting tape and having to have perfect tape I mean, there's not, there's, I don't even know if there's, is, is any editing much besides, you know, what he can do on that level. And it made me a tight ass guitar player. I mean, I, I just, uh, like for me personally, I think it made all of us better musicians, but I, I mean, I can only speak for myself on it is like, cause I, you have to get it right. You know, the first time on that, there's no pro tools, there's no, you know, whatever. So I think we liked that though. We were a band that wanted to be outside of the box. And sometimes I think maybe we were too outside of the box for the scene for sure. Um, I think the scene was definitely moving it starting to move in a different direction around that time. Um, Screamo was starting to rear its head and different things. And we were more, I guess you would call it post hardcore now or something. I don't know what you'd call it then, but we, we were influenced by, you know, tool and all kinds of stuff, you know? So I think our plan was always to kind of be that way. You know so we uh we were going i mean even i'm thinking back on new material after that that we like started to work on and i think it was maybe a little bit even more heavier because there's still some pretty melodic you know proggy stuff on that record but you know, i think it was the intention
1: well i'm gonna i'm gonna shift this next question over to josh because it's one of my more difficult questions so i want to like make him really work for it uh but uh <laughs> So, you know, with 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 being on takehold and being on, you know, being being kind of kind of birthed from that like Christian hardcore scene, what what was what was the transition like from being kind of in that scene to kind of going into a more general market uh scene like worldwide?
0: I don't know if there was any transition at all. Okay. You know, uh we've always been You know, the man, the lyrics have always been very personal for John, I think. And I'm not even sure I understand all of them still looking back on them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And so I think that there was um, just like any good art, you can take from it and uh, maybe see something different. Right. Right. And so I think that, especially like on that on that last uh, on Craven collapse, um, there I don't know that you would say that it was terribly overtly uh, had any religious overtones, real realistically. Sure, you know. Uh, and so I think it wasn't terribly difficult to make that make that transition at all. And I I don't feel like we ever really had any. Um, there was we had tons of detractors you know what i mean like sure. but it was never about uh lyrical content or uh who was in the band and who wasn't in the band it was always uh you know oh narcissists they suck you know or we we love them you know it was always like guys that were you know la- lamb goat you know lamb goat for some reason really liked us around uh becoming Leviathan and then, you know, you'd expect, you know, Oh, hope their van flips. You know what I mean? Like those were the comments. So, right. And there were definitely, I know that there were songs about that because I know that that was, that was hard to like, you know, that was hard to get over a little bit is like people that don't know you that just kind of hate you. Right. So, well,
1: that's why I, I kind of made the question the way I did, because I feel like narcissist was born kind of, in that Christian hardcore scene, but like you guys weren't like, you know, it wasn't like focused or strong arm or something. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, you know, this, this never was, yeah, this in your face, like we're going to do an altar call on stage and tell everybody that we're like, you know what we're about or whatever. Like, cause I, I consider narcissists kind of a, uh, what I would call like a second generation. Like you guys all kind of came from that scene, but it wasn't like a, I don't even know how to describe it, but it wasn't like some kind of weird, like we're trying to push something on somebody or, you know, make some sort of like world altering statement or something like that.
0: There's definitely, there's definitely those overtones on uh new wave techno homicide. There's a bunch of that. And there's a bunch of those songs that are really uh, close and dear to my heart, uh, especially, you know, the emotions that they elicit. Um, and I think that they still carried through, um, into, uh, becoming Leviathan. I think that they were still there, you know, uh, they just started becoming less and less like in the forefront. Um, and more of a, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, it's, it's hard to speak. Maybe, maybe John Pope would be able to speak to that at some point someday, but, um, you know, as far as like his thought process for writing lyrics and things like that, because, um, you know, I don't think that we ever, as a band ever were like, uh, we're going to write for a different market. It was just, we, we didn't even plan on doing any sort of transition. It's just who we, it's, we're always going to be who we are. You know, I think that that's what Narcissus was always trying to be was, Uh, true to ourselves and try and bring people hope. You know, I think that that was a a big thing was like, you know, hope for people. You know, I think that, I think that a lot of us in that band felt lost at a bunch of different points and, you know, struggled with lots of different things. So,
1: well, uh, then I, I'd be remiss to ask then like what ended up happening? You know, I remember that record coming out and then I kind of, there was nothing uh kind of of after that it was just like the record's out and the band's just gone i remember like i remember thinking like man you know like when when, once i had kind of warmed up to the record i remember checking like i remember like back on like myspace days they had like the there was like a show checker you know you could see like when the band was coming and it just seemed like it just seemed like the band kind of disappeared uh, after that record came out maybe it wasn't directly after but it was uh it, it was pretty pretty quickly after so like what what ended up ultimately happening with the band
2: um i mean you know this uh i honestly think part of it is is growing up um and then at the time you know i'm not i'm not going to d- indulge a, a lot of it you know what i mean it's, sure, it's something sure. that's it's very personal um I, but i will say the pressures of that scene And, you know, and like Josh said, we, we never really had any intentions to be like a Christian band or anything like that. Like that was never, that was never, you know, John wrote because he was a believer, he wrote lyrics and it appealed to a lot of people and, and stuff like that. But it wasn't something, we were very personal people, like, you know, believers or not believers. We were very personal believers, like introverts almost, I feel like as a band, you know, um, I think a lot of that. All the pressures of getting signed, moving in what direction, all that kind of stuff, I think, became like a big weight. Um, and like I said, there's things that happened um, that is very personal and very, you know, certain incidences that it, w- it just has to stay between the band. And we lost members. You know, Josh chose to move on at one point, too. And I got to a point where. We were meeting and seeing what what direction we were going to do to be able to support. We we had a bass player, Justin Carroll, was coming back. Um, and personally, I I didn't feel I didn't feel that I was I didn't feel that I, I was in the right place personally. And um, I think it was one of the the reason it was so abrupt is because it honestly just fell apart. We got back from Warp Tour, It's cool. You know, we did what Josh three weeks or something,
0: yeah, and a half that three it, weeks that tour was awful. I was. It was
2: it was, it's it, any band will tell you, you, you do warp tour in a van. It's hard. That's, that's all I'll say about it. Uh, you know, uh, it's just hard because you're still getting in at the same load ins nine o'clock in the morning and, you know, and it's whatever, but basically, you know, we drove home, we had a little time off for a while. We played some spot dates and, um, I don't know. I just think that all of us personally moved in different directions. You know, that's, that's kind of all I'll say about it. And I think honestly, Um, I can sit here and say, you know, you know, John and I, you know, we weren't getting along or I can say, you know, we weren't seeing eye to eye and all those kind of stuff. But I think both of us were just kind of burnt out. You know, I started with him when I was 17, 18, he was 18, 19, something like that, you know, and then we're, we're in our twenties and you have other responsibilities, you have other things going on. So it it kind of just came down to, you know, I, I, I personally was just kind of done. So, um, and then we just, we just threw it up on our website, you know, things that end like that, it's not that they end necessarily ugly, but they just, sometimes they're just going to, they're going to end cold Turkey. You know what I mean? Unfortunately.
1: So what year was that? That was, uh, 2004, four, three, Beginning yeah. Of 2004. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So now it's 2020 everybody's favorite year. And, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. you know, like I said, I, I had done I had done kind of a long chat with with Josh about all of this stuff, you know, um, back in April. And then Josh reached out, reaches out to me and goes, hey, um, when do you think that this podcast is going to post? And I was like, well, I don't know, Josh, when do you want it to post? You know, <laughs> and uh, and uh, he's like, well, um, some of the information may not be correct I- anymore. You know, and I was like, oh, OK, um, so let's uh, let's kind of dig into that a little bit. And and so, like, what, what what's going on uh, with the band uh, as an entity here in 2020 that you're allowed to tell me? <laughs> uh, OK, well,
2: what are we allowed to th- what what can we just go ahead and say?
0: Uh, John, say- John, John Pope, John Larusa, and myself are narcissists. The triple J's. Currently. The three J's. We are looking for a fourth full time J member. Uh but we do have some other uh other letters lined up. I can see what Joe's doing. Uh, he's he's probably not doing anything.
2: We have someone with an N.
0: Yeah. Oh well they gotta it's go. close enough to J. It's they in gotta, the middle of the alphabet. They gotta go, man. Fine. Yeah, okay. Fine. All right. Fine.
2: Yeah. So we got um I mean anything you know, we can go, we can, we haven't talked about it, but you know, our Facebook pretty much, I think people understand at this point, like there's going to be new material working on stuff. We have a, a lot done, a lot done. Um, other than that, I, we can't say where it's going to be released, how it's going to be released, Sure. you know, you know, label or no label or anything like that. Um, you know, as far as future, we do plan on playing shows that, okay. that is planned. But when, as when of right now, when that's okay. Yeah. When that's okay. As of right now, things have changed. So things have had to been pushed to 21 and we're just trying to figure that we're trying to, we're just waiting. So,
0: but like so many other bands, what better time to write a new record? Right. You know, yep. like, absolutely. So, so it's been, it's been a lot of fun to like get, there's a, I don't know, to get that part of me kind of like alive again. Cause I think, that, I think that playing with John, uh, John has a very, I think that when you hear John playing guitar, you're like, that's John playing guitar, you know, and I think that he has a very specific sound. And I think that Narcissus, uh, throughout all of its uh, iterations, I think that it all had a very specific sound, even though it kind of went one way or the other. Uh, depending on which record you were listening to, but I think that it all was uh, John Pope's voice and John Lewis's guitar. Re- realistically, were the key factors there. So I think that uh, I think that getting back into that mindset, um, you know, and unfortunately, since since it is 2020, you know, I think that the thing that I miss the most is like getting in a room, you know, and bouncing ideas off of each other. Um, but i mean we have had some we've been able to have some back and forth uh about like well maybe we change this or maybe we d- do this here you know so uh, we've got quite a bit of material written um it's probably going to be a, still going to be ep sized you know um but there's some talk about possibly re-recording some older material just for fun not not including that in the ep size recording but Maybe as a, some bonus tracks or something, uh, but yeah, we're uh, we're we're excited. I, I'm excited to you know get towards playing shows um, and uh, and and making some more music. You know, uh-huh. and it's. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, you're good. Go yeah. ahead.
2: Um, it's just uh, we do have the re- the the go ahead from those labels to do some re release songs too. Something Sweet. I had to I had to look into and you know there's a lot there was a lot that i was i have a library of all kinds of music i have you know and there was a, a lot that i was writing you know for narcissus and it was kind of trying to find a balance of what i feel like is us but also what we want to be now and and what we want to take from what we were and i will say that this is definitely heavy it's definitely more there, there's a progression in there, but I think this is going to be a big mixture of, you know, you mentioned New Wave. It's, it's a big mixture of that, but I think there's still that, that element of progression and, um, you know, melody and, and something that kind of comes out of nowhere for, you know, in the song. But it was something not taken lightly. You know, we don't we don't want to put something out that's just like, we don't want to put something out that's dated but, and we don't want to put something out that's, you know, not going to be in the vein of what people liked about us. So Sure. Obviously, we weren't the biggest band in the world or anything like that, but still, it matters to some people.
1: Well, speaking to that, um, I don't think it matters to just some people. Um, I think that the interesting thing has been, I remember whenever the Facebook page became, either became active again or was created new. I don't remember which one it was, yeah. Um, but I remember getting messages from people being like, dude, did you see did you see that narcissists is like, they're active again on social media. And of course I was very much like, well, I mean, you know, every, every, every band, every old band is doing like a social media thing. Like it doesn't mean anything. I just talked to Josh last week and it doesn't sound like anything's going on, you know? And then, um, you know, and, and then, so like, what, what does it mean to you guys like individually that like it's this many years later, I mean we're talking like sixteen years later, and you yeah. guys make a Facebook page and people freak out like that's got to be like really gratifying right
2: it is it it was it was very it was very cool, but I think you know being in my other band uh that I was very busy with i I got to be out and about around the world with that band, and it was very shocking you know. From a few years later to even like eight years later, like how much that people really, that was a musician's band, you know, when you're, you're, you know, doing a tour with the August Burns Red guys and they're just like, I loved Narcissus. I saw you guys at the Chameleon, you know, and stuff like that. I, I always was, I was running into that stuff constantly and it was you know, like many bands back then that kind of paved the way in the scene and then kind of went away because we all weren't making the money that the, the Devil Wears Pradas and the these, you know, bands that came out and just used MySpace and all this stuff to get promoted. And it, it always, it, it always blew me away. And I'd be like, man, this really awesome. And I was in Europe with Inhale Exhale and we did like this uh, in Amsterdam, we did this fe- festival and we were doing a signing and it was like, uh, two or three different people came up with narcissist stuff, yeah, and that was really mind blowing for me. And they were just like, I, they had our EP, yeah. Like I was like, I was like, how the hell did you get this? Like you know, I think I got on eBay or something. And I was like, man, okay. And I was like, sinus, you know. And it's, it's. I'm always grateful, you know, because to us it was like a long time ago. And you know, I would be asked in interviews, you know, hey, what's the chance of a narcissist reunion? And I would just be like surprised at the question and i would even say in the question i don't know maybe do do people want us to do it? do people care still that's always a fear of a band you know getting back together is anybody gonna gonna care what we're doing and all that kind of stuff and i think honestly like between you know josh and john and i you know this was a weird endeavor where john and i decided out of the blue just to get together we didn't talk for a long time and 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 we had just such a great conversation, and some other things happened that kind of sparked all this. But I think all three of us don't really care what happens. that's that's kind of the beauty right now. Like we don't really care if like we we care because if it brings joy to people, obviously, and and we're really happy if people are stoked about it. But we're in definitely a position where we if we like the material, that's what we're putting out. And we're not going into death with desperation or anything like that. But, you know, it, it always surprises me. You know, that was a mouthful, but it always surprises me even through the years of touring. Cause I, you know, I, I was on the road constantly and I would just run into people in California and different things. And I just feel like, Oh man, I was like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I was in that band. Yes. You know, <laughs> answer the questions and stuff. And sure. You know, so it's definitely cool, man. Always, oh. always nice. Josh, what about you?
0: What was the question?
1: <laughs> How do you feel
0: that people like you in 2020? Uh, I think people like me good. Uh, no, um, I, yeah, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna echo what John said. I mean, like I am super pleased if, if that people care, uh, but, and, and I, and I definitely hope that we bring, you know, whatever we end up releasing, you know, I hope people enjoy it. But at the end of the day, you know, oh man, that's super cliche at the end of the day. Anyway, uh, the, oh, I was about to say the bottom line. Oh boy. You were, gonna win we're going to win. Yeah, dude. Um, okay. So what really matters, what really matters is that we decided that we wanted to do this again together, you know, and, um, I think that we have, we have history together, um, and somehow, through you know the last forever uh we still like each other and decided that this would be fun you know and and it has been it's been so much fun you know i i've been i've been pumped i went out and bought a new bass super stoked on it um you know it's it's another like another layer of you know another layer of music to add to you know, who I am, I suppose. And so like, if people, if people care about it, that's awesome. But at the, at the core of it is, I think that we really wanted to do this because we didn't, we didn't need to put out a record, you know, or make any recordings. We could have just gotten back together and done some reunion shows and been like, Hey guys, what do you want to hear? Well, we promise we'll play it, you know? And not really done anything other than ask people what they want and then give them what they want, you know? Uh, and we might still do that. We might still be like, guys, what do you want to hear? Because uh, w- we don't know. And we've got a pretty weird collection of music. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we've got a few a few records that none of them sound the same. Um, and so I, I think that at this point, we're... Willing to say we'll play whatever you guys want to hear, uh, and we're just gonna have fun. Uh, I'm, I'm 41. I think, John, you're turning 41 here in December, right?
2: Whoa, oh, whoa, whoa, we don't talk about our
0: age. Oh boy, <laughs> you got too yeah. personal,
2: yeah, yeah, I'm the big 40 yeah. right now, yep,
0: yeah. So, I mean, I, this is this stuff's fun though, man. Like, that's, no, that's uh, really what
2: it's a what it's a I, th- I think about is just, um, you know, enjoying our friendship and. And, uh, writing music and, you know, just getting together, you know, it doesn't mean that we're not really looking at doing stuff. You know what I mean? Um, I don't think we're, we would ever be a full-time touring band or anything like that. Um, you know, outside of festivals, little runs and stuff like that. But I think it's just something that it just felt right. And we feel good about it. And, um, you know, just rekindling things because, you know, honest truth and I don't think John Pope would be, like, upset listening to me say this. Is Like I said, we were burnt out, and we we didn't really talk to each other much, and it wasn't that we hated each other or anything like that. Uh, you know, it was just, it was something that is such an embedded thing in the scene and in the youth in the late 90s, early 2000s, that oh, I, it's not that bands aren't passionate now or something stupid like that. It's just when you're so desperate in something that's not mainstream and you're you're working your way up and stuff. You know it's it's the, the harder you you try to build something when it crumbles you know the more you're going to be you're going to feel like you want to distance yourself you know and um not to say we haven't talked over the years or something like that but i think more or less you know the random text i sent to john and us getting together you know because i i stayed in contact with josh more you know i still you know would see josh and canton and, and different things you know but um you know, for all three of us, I think it's just more enjoying, you know, I, 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 it feels good that I can send them a funny meme and a group text. And it's not even about the music, it's not even about the band, or we can talk about an album or a movie or something like that, uh, you know, and it's not just about that. Because I think that's, you know, if I can say, talk about one mistake is taking things too, a little too serious back in the day, which I, which I think a lot of bands, you know, that start in something then they don't really plan on it necessarily doing something. We never planned on it doing anything, you know, then it does. And you're just stuck with all these like hard decisions, you know, and it's not that we're not adults now. And we have things to discuss about the album and PR to discuss about the album and things like that. That's something that we have to cross as a band and talk about, you know, um, but I feel like in, in general, it's, uh, something that, that we're just we're just ready to enjoy it's hanging with each other and, and putting out something cool, you know. Putting out something that we yeah, we really do believe that people are gonna like it. You know what I mean? We do have that in mind because we were always a band that we did care about our fans. We did care about the people that liked our music and stuff.
1: Yeah. You know? Well that's outrageously exciting. Um as a fan, you know, just just kinda knowing that like you know, there there's gonna be something on the horizon. Um, I know you guys can't go into like specifics because I think a lot of that stuff may may not be ironed out yet, but um, I think it's, I think it's exciting that there's nothing more gratifying for a fan than holding on this long and, and, and holding out hope and, (laughs) but no, I don't mean it like, Dude, okay. It's not it's, not it's I not like I went mean. to bed every night being like, oh God. <laughs> right, right, Um, please yeah. let there be a new narcissist record. You know what I mean? Like it's right, not yeah. it's it's For not sure. like that. But um, you know, if you guys were Zaya, it would be a different story, right? But um no, I'm kidding. Um <laughs> but like I think it's I think it's one of those things where, you know, it's it's cool. I I really like being kind of around and in this capacity, like doing podcasts and stuff. And I'm getting to see a lot of this stuff happen in real time and it being really cool. Like, I mean, I remember um, I reached out to Josh initially because he was in a band I heard called Not Beneath. You know what I mean? And I was like, oh, that's so cool. And then I like started like, you know, um, as I often do, hardcore research, all my new friends, you know, and then I was like, wait a minute, Um Cause like, I knew, like I, I, you know, I knew this dude named Josh King and I like him and he's cool dude and he's like dead sexy and all that good stuff. But like, then I was like, wait a minute, how do I, where do I know that name from? And then it was like, oh my God, narcissist. Like he was in that band. And, and so it kind of turned into one of these, like kind of one of these things where it was like, and it's really cool that not only are we talking, but now there's actually new narcissist stuff and, um, you know, I don't know when I'm going to get it, but eventually, you know, I will. And it's one of the it, it's it's just really, really, really gratifying that we're living in an age now where bands are starting to feel like. If all you guys want is new music, we can facilitate that for you, you right. know, instead of it having to be that grind of like, OK, we're going to play this show. and We're going to open up with this band and maybe this many people will hear about our band and then maybe we'll sell enough shirts to continue playing more shows and, you know, like, and, you know, maybe, maybe such and such band will take us out on tour, you know, and, and, and all of that stuff. And it's really cool kind of living in this age now where, you know, despite the fact that none of us can go outside without covering our faces up, uh, we are able to, you know, you're able to kind of, kind of, kind of throw ideas off of each other, you know, using technology. And, you know, I know, I know Josh was saying like, you know, oh yeah, like us being in the room, but like we're kind of living in an age where you don't even have to do that. You can there, there's um, there's a new band I recently heard called uh, Bears's Teeth, which was just a bunch of dudes that met on Facebook and started r- writing ideas off of each other. And so it's one like you, you kind of look at some of these more like legacy bands um, like Narcissist where it's like, yeah, you know what? We're not going to tour until we're dead. <laughs> you know we're not going to we're not going to burn ourselves out we're not going to make each other hate we're not going to make ourselves hate each other you know uh and and we're not going to get sick of each other but we can we can absolutely just sit down and write some new tunes um and i think that i think that's super cool and it's it's a lot of fun to kind of kind of see all that stuff play out in real time i know that wasn't really a question but you know
2: it's, <laughs> no no that's cool man that, that's that means yeah, a lot yeah, like, yes for sure yes yes yes
0: yes the answer is yes yeah by the way i'm super i'm super jealous that you uh actually were able to snag a copy of uh wear blood and fire on vinyl uh, uh i got week. i got that and splinter shards yeah i and two shirts I, okay so <laughs> just to just to derail this i got the i got the wear blood and fire shirt uh but splinter shards to me I've always liked All's uh, all Failed better. I thought that the production on Splinter Shards uh was I didn't like the production. It I didn't was like really the way a, that It was mixed. It was really uh, doofy. The, yeah. Guitar tones were anyway. Uh yeah, super jealous. I got I got uh froze out of all of those merch stores uh at two o'clock last week and uh, yeah, hurt a little bit. Can I can I,
1: can I tell kind of a, sa- a sappy story real quick if you guys have time? Yes. Okay. Uh, so I did not buy either one of those releases, nor yeah. nor did I, nor did I, um, nor nor did I that could I have afforded them had I wanted to. Um, so about a week and a half ago, my wife calls me while I'm at work, and she's like, "I don't feel safe driving our car." Oh man. And I was like, "What are you talking about?" And she's like, "I don't feel safe driving the car." And then I got super mad because she's like, every time I hit the brakes, it sounds like gunshots are firing. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's pretty vague, but um, yeah. all right. What do you What do you want me to do about it? Like, come down there and carry the car home? Like, I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And uh, well, it turned out that like the brakes were bad, so like we had to buy new brakes. And then, um, so a, a good buddy of my, a good buddy of mine named Jake, <laughs> um, who is basically like family to me at this point. Um, I had no idea that that dude went to school for like automotive stuff. And, um, I had an aunt who also contributed like cash towards us doing that, like to, to buy new brakes and stuff. Cause like, I was like, well, let me look at the old bank account. Okay. I got $4. What do we do? You know? And, um, but I had actually had a bunch of money set aside for these Zayo reissues. Um, I did a. Interview with Jeff Gretz of Zeo on this podcast, uh, where he um had divulged information to me that these reissues were coming and that I needed to like start checking my piggy bank and all that stuff. And uh I was like, Okay, cool. So I did that. I, I saved money, I saved five bucks here and there, you know. Um, this is like back in March, and we actually ended up having to cut it out of the podcast because solid state um, said like, no, you can't talk about this on the podcast. (laughs) Um, so we were like, okay. Um, so, uh, basically I had no money when the, when these were announced and, um, my buddy Alex, who, um, is a, is a very dear friend of mine is also happens to be my boss at this exact moment. (laughs) Um, he gave me a job working at, at his company and, um, anyway, um, I do another podcast called brutally speaking with a guy named John Beatty and, um, John yeah. and Alex. So like, I, I kind of like, I kind of whined like a little bit, like, not like, oh my God, give me money so I can buy these. But it was one of those like, <laughs> oh man, you know, yeah. I missed the boat <laughs> on these. I'm not going to get them. And it's, they're probably going to sell out like immediately. That was some good intuition. Um, yeah. I was like, these are they, probably going to sell sure. out like immediately. Um, and I'm never going to get one and it's going to be one of those things. And, um, my, my buddy Alex and John Beatty, my co-host, I guess conspired behind my back and they both put like, put in for the record. So they ended up ordering me a copy of blood and fire and splinter shards and t-shirts to go along with, with those releases. Those are good dudes. They really are. Like, I just, those are good. You know, I know this, I know this podcast is about you guys, but like it was, those guys are like the real MVPs. Like as far as that stuff goes, Um, I was absolutely a hundred percent in shock <laughs> about the entire thing because yeah, when these records went on sale, they went on sale at like two o'clock Eastern. So one o'clock my time. And I think yeah. by like one Oh three, they were all gone.
0: Yeah. Zale broke the internet last mm-hmm. week. It was
1: wild. The the merch now website crashed Yeah, because of all of the, uh, of all the traffic. And so, yeah, I, I just like, I mean, I'm sitting here waiting for my stuff to come, but I don't feel like I deserve any of it. And I did don't definitely don't feel like I earned any of it, but, um, but no, it was super cool. And yeah. So like, yeah. I know you're like jealous of me and you should be, um, <laughs> but, um, but it's definitely one yeah. of those thing one of those things where I absolutely like was completely floored by the fact that anybody would even care. <laughs> you yeah, know, man. enough about that That's sort cool. of stuff. But, um, but yeah. So that that was a good, re- that was a good derail. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah. Hopefully, Joe doesn't cut all that out of the podcast. Like, we're going to take all of Dan's personal crap and just throw it <laughs> Joe,
0: out. Joe, you can. You can. You can do whatever you want. He, he can. can.
1: He's kind of the master yeah. of, of all of this stuff. So, but, um, guys, I really appreciate you guys talking about this stuff. This is so cool. And I feel, um, I feel honored to get to talk to you guys about it because I'm a huge fan. I've been a huge fan. And, um, I think this is, this is one of the more exciting things to happen at the very least, at the very least, um, that I get to experience in a year. That's been really, really, really rough for everybody.
2: Yeah. Really rough. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome, it's been, man. appreciate it. definitely appreciate hard. you having us on.
1: Yeah, yeah, anytime. And, uh, John, I might actually reach out to you at some point in the future to do, like, a, um, inhale, exhale, um, you know, like, centered type of episode. So, you know, look out for that. Because I have a, I have a buddy named Brian Dean, who is your guys' biggest fan. Okay. And, um, right. he, uh. <laughs> absolutely was like inhale exhale oh my god like i seriously would call this dude and like we'd go out and hang out or whatever and he'd be all like i feel like we'd be like closer if you listen to more and in- inhale exhale and i'm like <laughs> oh god yeah and i'm just like i'm like yeah right. man like i feel you like i checked him out i think they're a great band. but like what what you know <laughs> he's just like he's this like,
0: he's the centerpiece of our friendship
1: yeah he's like he's like yeah. he's like no don't be don't be cool about it like actually listen to it and then tell me how every song made you feel like, okay oh, God. cool cool <laughs> so uh you know uh, if, if i'm doing uh, that if i'm doing that episode for anybody i'm doing it for him so
2: cool cool so, man that's great yeah well um yeah i uh yeah let me know and you know, maybe i can grab rylan too that'd be maybe cool sit on it to our singer you know that'd... i'll see if we're all uh if we're all insane busy but i'm sure i can try to gather and see what he's up to too
1: it's all good man just a couple cool, hours man. on a weeknight we can we can make that we can make that work whenever it works so oh cool, man cool well you guys thank you so much and i will uh i'll do an outro where i tell everybody to check out all of the previous narcissist stuff in order to prepare themselves
2: for what is to come nice cool appreciate it dan
0: except you can't find it all on spotify so good luck yeah get on discogs or maybe amazon you can get some of the stuff off of it still
1: and that was my chat with josh and john of narcissists i love it whenever bands that have been gone for a long time decide to get together and put out some new music it is exactly what we need during a pandemic and uh, i'm just super stoked that we got to share that with you guys tonight Uh, That was a good long interview, so I'm going to keep this outro a little short, but I just wanted to thank everybody for listening to Discuss Metal Podcast. If you listen to Discography Discussion and Discuss Metal, definitely reach out to us and give us suggestions for the show. Be that a band that you want us to talk about on Discography Discussion or just somebody that you'd like to hear me interview on Discuss Metal. I'm up for any suggestions you guys have, and I appreciate you guys so, so much. Keep it metal, guys. If you want to reach out to us, there's a lot of ways you can do that. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash discography discussion. You can find us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. You can find me personally under Twitch as Discuss Metal Dan. I stream several times a week now, but you can always be sure to catch me on Mondays and Thursday nights at 1030 Central Standard Time. Just come over there and say, hey, and you can even give me suggestions there. For anything else, if you want to send us an email, you can send us one at, at gmail.com. Make sure to look out for Narcissus putting out new music here very, very, very soon. And we will catch you next time on the Discuss Metal Podcast. This has been the Discuss Metal Podcast with Josh King and John Larusa of Narcissus.
0: Presented by DiscussMetal.com.